0: episode of the monitor keeping podcast i'm here with kai it's just gonna be the two of us today um we got some catching up to do things have been busy as as always i think that's my excuse like every two three weeks when we finally get to making an episode um but kai how are you man
1: man i'm just really getting over uh COVID. <laughs> yeah just uh just been out of it for a good week or so um, ever since I don't know that, the, we- the weekend that I went to the wedding and yeah man my own friends got me sick and so <laughs> yeah, you know sharing or standing out there sharing water bottles and stuff or you know all the food that gets passed around so, so yeah. it was bound to happen I was dodging it for a good two and a half years man you know I was really really lucky because I have asthma and it didn't really affect me it just made yeah. me really, really tired and I was definitely hit with something for a few days, but yeah. All, with with what's me, what's crazy, man? We couldn't slow down at all. Like me and Lynn's work and and what it's we nuts, had to, huh? on the normal, yeah. Just just even the bare minimum on the normal shoot, I was kicking our butts already, and I had us like schedule yeah. it, wake myself up, dude. Sometimes I wouldn't get up for hours. Yeah. and then finally yeah finally get up to do it and but I've been feeling a little bit better um,
0: did the grasshoppers do okay
1: uh yeah yeah that that you know that, that was part of what I was mentioning is just there's no not there's just it's just non-stop so yeah. <laughs> you know I filled I actually filled up all the orders that were supposed to go out got this next week prepped for more orders and basically didn't skip a beat you know might have and what's crazy, I had to do bank stuff too. Like I had, uh, you know, my my paperwork came in and you have to do stuff at a uh, filing at a certain time frame, you know, so you can't, yeah. you got to pay certain fees and things like that. And so I actually haven't been late on any of those stuff. I just, whenever I get, get it in the mail, go and boom, take, go to the bank, you know, or take take care of what I have to take care of. So um, all that's been, uh, been added into this yeah this recovery time which is isn't really recovery time at all i just working through yeah. it you know? yeah yeah man so how about you man
0: um busy busy just all a lot of the same i i've had to kind of choose where my time goes so i you know i really yeah. like posting and letting everybody in on what's going on with the animals and you know keep yeah. up on social media so everybody can see and interacting but um that's one of the things i kind of had to choose like uh, i got i got to cut back a little bit um so I'm, I'm still there working with the animals and having fun i'm just not letting everybody in just because i mean even the, taking the time to whip out a phone and and yeah. taking a picture
1: you, you know, caught um, 20 minutes
0: that's like yeah a, you yeah know, you caught
1: up 20 minutes just gone like that and then you got to get right back to it i find myself in the room yeah. I should only, should only been in there for an hour, but doing all this other, you know, taking pictures in between stuff, it adds on. You know? yeah.
0: yeah, so it's that kind of stuff. You know, I've, I've had a uh, ton of babies hatching. Uh, I had uh, several different Aki clutches that have hatched in the last, I'd say, four or five weeks. Oh, nice. Um, Kim's are hatching still today. They started last night, so uh, there's two more that need to pip today. Um, three of already come out um and shoot i'm yeah so i'm still uh there's still a few other things that i think will uh snakes uh that i think i'm going to be getting some eggs from we're getting a little late so i'm starting to wonder about them um hopefully everything's all right because they have usually laid at the end of june beginning of july so we're getting a little later in july now uh so a little bit of worry there but uh we'll see what happens. Um the females still look healthy and good. Um what else is going on? I just I actually have a couple weeks off. Nice. Um yeah, it's I'm going away for a little bit cuz uh part of this is for my my birthday. Uh turning the big 40 this year. So uh <laughs> oh yeah oh my god i don't feel 40 people talk about 40 and maybe that's a good thing but i don't feel 40 um it's funny talking about ants i just saw some ants over here but uh um other than that i'm trying to um i'm really trying to to work with my time i said i think since last year with covid it kind of let me into some things there's only so much you can do when you tank when you're down with monitors it, like and you can't do the daily operational things um stuff gets real real quick you know it's like oh i can't spend five to seven days down or longer sometimes because um oh man you even know. two or three days
1: that's a yeah that's a, yeah it's a whole lot of you know all this all the waters you have to change all the if you're doing nesting stuff you got to to those things. Yeah. And then not to mention the, the feeding mine right now is swatting males from taking the females foods right now. That's yeah. I got all four. Yeah. All three, four males just so eager. And that takes a lot of time. Cause I have to take out each male, give him technically his space in the empty enclosure. You know what I mean? Just to right. the feed them and then remember to bring him, put him back after all the mess too. Right. And so it's like, that times three or four males is, it's uh yeah it's, it's a lot of juggling Yeah. Um, yeah the, just because i want the female i'm very strict on what the female eats i just can't you know toss it food and turn a blind eye you know what i mean or not not really even turn a blind eye but just kind of say forget about it right um right uh, the females eat a certain fill and they eat certain types of foods rather than just, just mice and eggs or anything like that. Like i feed get the more strict diet of, of things. So that way it doesn't get all, um, they get all obese on me. You know what I mean? It's just enough for, for them and the eggs and things like that. Yeah. But, oh man. It's just, yeah, uh, man. Getting back into it. It's just,
0: <laughs> I remember, I remember last year I was, I went over to pull some, uh, some Python clutches I don't think I had any. I'm, I may have had one or two uh, like acky clutches to pull during that time, but that that like ten days stretch, I had two uh, python clutches to pull. And I remember driving over to the warehouse. I'm already sweating just from walking outside, you know, feeling dizzy. Then I get into the warehouse. It's it's like the beginning of August, and that humidity and heat hit me. Yeah, and. <laughs> I remember just thinking, I hope I don't pass out here, you know, and uh, getting dizzy, but trying to pull these clutches, putting them in the incubator, and then just going home and like dying for 12 hours before I get up again, you know, and uh, yeah, it kind of, it makes you think, okay, what can I, when you run things like you're healthy, you're good, and you run things so um, fast, so so hard, um, you it kind of gives you some perspective like oh crap anything happens i can't do this if uh you yeah. know god forbid a family thing happens you got to go out of town or you got to take yeah. care of a loved one or you know that's why
1: i barely go anywhere man like you know uh, being invited to things important stuff and it's got to fit between like uh uh, I don't know, a six or eight hour schedule and I drew it a little bit further before it was only four to six hours that I could be gone, like if I needed to go back home to San Diego, right? That's only two yeah. hours, so I can fit in about about an hour and a half drive two hour drive and then do what I need to do and then leave, which is like a, a family event, some baby shower or something like that right? Um, but even then, like I try to leave at a certain amount of hours, at a certain time frame too, so if it's six seven o'clock, it's already starting to get dark. I'm I'm already headed. I'm I'm, you know. So that, it also has yeah. to. Yeah, I can basically be gone from the grasshoppers and the the monitors are okay. It's the grasshoppers that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you've gone too long. you come back all tired and you don't really tend to the things you're supposed to or things like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, but I've drawn it back a little bit. Like I've given myself now six to eight hours. If I really needed to go somewhere, you know. Yeah, I can't. I got to turn down a lot of just anything, just yeah. to do, just to do without. I mean, it doesn't involve the reptile stuff, you know, like family stuff or hanging out. It's like, it's kind of what what I have to sacrifice though, because this is what I wanted, right? It's like right. built all this stuff, but at the same time, I can't just uh, just because I want to go have fun. You know, it's like now it's a committed thing, and uh, right. you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not missing out on any. I mean, I I am, but. You know I'll, I'll see them again or whatever you know, it's not it's nothing too crazy but it's more so now like, dang like you, you're committed 24 7 365 to this even when you're sick when you're you know got things to do or get invited to cool stuff or uh, yeah it's just it can be yeah. uh it can be a hassle for sure for sure i don't even have a ton of like, I got rid of a fair amount of little stuff that I had around, random turtles, random snakes, mm-hmm. Man, I just i uh, had to simplify so much just because, um, yeah, I couldn't – I didn't give them the time that they deserved or that I thought I'd be with doing everything else, you know. So I decided yeah. to just really focus on the monitor stuff and not all the extra pets and things like that, you know, that I had had around. Yeah yeah so trying to s- utilize that space too and i still haven't i haven't undone their enclosures yet just because man i've been kind of burnt out just really trying to get get that umph to go and move you know 10 cages outside because i'm not using them anymore and and then get all those cleaned up and it's moving the soil inside those cages oh i dread <laughs> it
0: man so you know i I got some um, big exoterras to move, but it's moving them by myself. And even when I break them down, break the doors off and everything, I mean, oh, you, do all you that, know, but... yeah, because I can't risk my back going out either. That'll just, you know, drop me yeah. for yeah, uh, a while. And um, so that'll be worse.
1: Right. So,
0: right. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I get it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get over there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I get over there. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm but just doing this That can, and wait. That. That can Yeah.
0: Wait. Yeah, but I'm at that point like uh right now with this, I got a little time off. Um I have to get things done. I have to maximize this. So, um I kind of put it out there on Instagram, but I'm I'm doing a pretty good sale on the the ackies just cuz one I need to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have to. I'll be able to take care of them, but I want to get rid of them because there's more coming behind them, um, and I want to turn that into basically going right back into the warehouse stuff to uh, fast track all the the projects I want to get done with a little bit of time I have. So hopefully, that's what's going to happen. I can get some other things done, like that whole uh, uh, attic fan yeah. all installed and. Um, Like, today, before we got on, I was uh, finishing hooking up. um, So, I'm I'm learning how to do this whole, like, Wi-Fi smart, like, home hub kit thing. And I had to pick a direction because it's like you either got Apple HomeKit, you got Alexa, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so, trying to figure out what I needed to set up. um, So, I had to put, like, my iPad over there at the warehouse to act as the hub. And then I can now run everything through that so i can control it on my phone away so i still have some other plugs to set up and and yeah, uh, a
1: That's a yeah
0: so cool. right i'm at the point now i had this little project where i filled up that that water barrel for my <clears throat> swamp cooler so yeah. i could have not only the 10 gallon reservoir but another 55 gallons so i wouldn't have to go over there every day to fill it up and now because i don't need it really past like nine o'clock And I don't need it before noon. Most of the time, like 2 o'clock, I can do without it in the warehouse. So now I can actually control it remotely. So now that water reservoir's life gets extended even more because I don't either have to go over there and use my own time to turn it off. Um, I can do it remotely. Or I don't have to leave it running. So what would last me, like, three and a half days will now last me a full week. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of nice. And setting things up that way so I can just the time going over there if i can control all the lights and i have the choice of putting things either on timers or just controlling it straight from my phone and i got a couple more of those govi uh, little temperature sensors and humidity yeah. sensors and so now i got a pretty good idea all over the warehouse you know in the incubator on the main floor up on the loft of what my temperatures are at so um i can kill lights in one part i can turn on and off other fans um it's getting there man it's uh it's yeah, that's, now, a lot
1: of, that's a lot of automated stuff that's nice that's real nice
0: yeah and trying to hook it up so it's all safe uh so i don't have like daisy chain issues of cords hanging out of cords and yeah. then making sure the cords are also not in the way because the worst thing in the world is you know you got some as i'm finding out some dorian is doing some bluff charge on you and you got like three cords that you're tripping over in your face, you know, it's like, so get all that stuff flush and yeah. looking nice. Yeah, and, um, Lynn gets
1: on my case man, about it,
0: that stuff, man.
1: Yeah. She, she makes yeah. sure all the, <laughs> she, she makes sure all the cords are, are like up in the back and, you know, nothing like, nothing is just, yeah. uh, hanging out in the open and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's a tight enough space already for us to have cords. So they're in are you know they're behind stuff at the you know far end of things but yeah i can't have it all bad like that <laughs> definitely no diesel right tuning. whatever is available <laughs> to come from the wall or whatever is able to come from that mm-hmm. that one um that one sur- uh surge protected uh outlet whatever that that's it you know yeah i try not to add too many more extension cords on yeah. there <laughs> yeah man. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> that, so that's uh, what I'm doing. So so the thing I got, it's this, um, so I have like quad outlets, right? Um, mm. There's three on one side of the warehouse. There's three on the other side. So on the on the longer walls, I have uh, three of these quad outlets on each. I have one quad outlet up in the ceiling, and um, that's on one section. And then in the, the other section of the warehouse is the same thing. It's yeah. mirror image. So um, all the animals are just in one part right now. Yeah. So these these plugs that I got, um, they are they're kind of cool. So y- they're Wi-Fi plugs. They have three outlets each. So I have to plug one of those in. Now I have an extra three outlets from that. So potentially, what is, what is that? Uh, four. T- so I have twelve outlets now for each quad. So I can have twelve. What is uh seventy two? Is that right? Seventy two outlets I could have now, as long as I'm not overloading this. Um, that's a, that's a lot of power, but to do it safely, so I'm just running like um, the next power strip, but not overdoing any of the power strips out of that. And then the cool thing is, each one of those individual outlets I can turn on or off independently. So not just the whole three um, plug unit, but each outlet in there, I can um, I can do remotely. So I have to label them all, so I know what I'm, you know. Turning on or turning off, so it could be like the uh, the OG Aki's, the originals, or the uh, the fan or the transition tub, and um, marking all these things. So it's actually pretty cool. And then now I can control it just from my phone, or I can, if I remember the name, like so. Um, if I want to turn on, I got to learn how to do this. What suits me. So on the west wall, I got one. The west wall, one the east wall. I can say, "Hey Siri, turn off west wall." And so all the outlets on that side will go off and uh, or turn it back on, you know. So I got to play with it to really figure out what works for me. So that yeah. way I can just talk to my phone and say, hey, turn this on, turn that off. And uh, but also make sure I set up the the camera outlets so that I'm still able to monitor everything that's going on in there without turning the cameras off. Um, so that that's where I'm trying to get to. It sounds all fancy, but this is all this to buy back my time you know yeah,
1: um, yeah
0: so if i can watch it remotely then i don't need to necessarily really be over there and my time over there instead of turning off or on lights which i'm having to do in the summer right now and playing that game i can just now go over the once a day to do food and water and um if i need to and then you know um that's all i need to do and some days are like some days i have all the time in the world Other days I have no time, you know. Right. So it's it's nice having this this available. But yeah, that's what I got messing around with. You should do it. Well, you're at home anyway. But (laughs) yeah,
1: I'm mostly at home anyways. Uh, But no, I've uh, gotten a couple things. um, Just uh, just more more gauges and stuff like that to look at um, some of the the temperature fluctuations that I was dealing with with my incubator. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't really jumped the gun yet and bought all that stuff. I just spent a bunch on, on UV lamps and buying yeah. like, uh, yeah, I just bought like, uh, uh basically uh, um, T five setups for all, everybody to get them, get them back. Cause uh, remember we talked about um, you know the the, the smaller LED UVB UV bulbs and all the other ones, even the ones that you got for me in that white box, um yeah it's like uh yeah they just uh, just doesn't it's not that they don't work it's just they didn't really fit my my needs either they're too small too narrow or that one i got from you those are just quite strong um that female's back though it it, it was she was only kind of like closing her eyes a lot for like a good week but after that she's she's now back to back to the normal get up you
0: you, want to share that a little bit because um You know, I've mentioned in past episodes that I do use now some UV. Uh, Well, I always did. I was always kind of like testing out different things. Yeah. But I have other cages that I just totally have never used UV on these animals. And um, I have to be honest, still, I see no difference. Uh, If I'm being totally honest with everybody, I see absolutely no difference. Um, But I'm I'm still testing for long-term effects and thinking down the line at like F3, F4 for my own productions and so on. um, Maybe I'll see a benefit or maybe I won't and I'll share that with you guys. But one of the things I have seen and one of the things I've talked to other people about, um, which Kai's kind of referencing, is um, too much UV. What does it look like in a monitor? And this is a thing that happens. Uh, I've seen very similar things in the way that animals begin to start failing uh, when they're exposed to too much UV and you think, oh, that, that can't be it, it. totally is. It really is a thing. Yeah. And so, um, Kite, if you want to describe what you were seeing.
1: Um, normally, my basking spots with the bulbs I use are about you know, 10 inches to um, 12, 12 inches away from the basking the actual bulb in the basking site. So it gives me, you know, a good... 130 140 gradient give or take um, sometimes just 120 it really just depends on the distance but I, I keep it roughly around there um, and then utilizing and trying new bulbs uh, I tried this this one U um, bulb that I kind of got from uh, from Alan and um, he's been using them but he has them in taller enclosures so you know then they're desert species that he's using them on mostly right um, yeah yeah, so those are, he's using them on like flabbies and stuff. So the mangroves are a little bit different. They're like a jungle type of monitor. So they're you know, exposed to more shade and coolness. Not not that they can't get to it, but it's just they're more, you know, they're more natural range, has a lot of foliage and cover. Um, so they, you know, it's like a shade dweller. They prefer some type of, uh, I guess, low amounts of UV to, to really, you know, um, like where they're at and how how to set it up in the enclosure rather than having it so bright um, so I tried that with you know tried that one bowl um, and at about I'd say 15 or 12 inches it was reading pretty high like a good uh, good four four and a half even five right and on my on my UV meter that I was using so um, I had the UV meter basically, at where the basking site is and then I didn't really think about it so much just because I've used UV on them before um but I you know not at not at the level of that bull um and so that that bull basically I don't know if it blinded my animal or there's just so much so much UV exposure um within that it was a really only honor for about like 30 hours maybe like a day and then part of another day but not like a full two or three days or even a week literally on and then once i noticed her close her eyes and i just uh, i shut it off completely so um but yeah for a few days she showed symptoms of i don't know what it seemed to be lethargy right and nothing uh, she was still eating us as soon as she smelt the food she was on it but her eyes were just kept closed so you know, mm-hmm. she would basically be using her tongue to navigate and going through the enclosure rather than just cruising over if she wanted to, you know. Um, yeah, just signs like that, right? And so, uh, oh, really, uh, I just hope that, that the animal got better. And it, it did. It didn't seem to be like if it was to permanent like that, it actually would be, be able to be fine. It was just, I'd, I'd have to, you know, feed it a little bit more attentively and, And things like that but it seemed to be able to navigate through the enclosure blind or eyes closed without a problem yeah um but yeah so i took off the uv really i don't have anything on there now and then i ended up doing you know just more research on what bulbs i should get and um going from using you know small led type uv bulbs and the one that alan gave me which is kind of bigger it's almost like four three or four inches in diameter so it's not a little tiny bulb, um, and I thought you know that that could be a good good one to use just because going um, going looking at the bulb, it can provide a, a bit more coverage than the small little tiny LED bulbs that are only like an inch or an inch and a half. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up getting some some G 5s more linear type bulbs, and uh, yeah, I just uh, literally just put them together. Now just gonna be, looking them up slowly when it's next week now that I'm back back to more normalcy and energy-wise. Yeah, I'm just trying to see how how good UV can be for them. I've always used some type of UV for them growing up. Maybe not all the enclosures all the time, but when it came to keeping a lot of them and when I was trying to breed them and things like that, I'd have like power suns on next to floodlights or um, the for a long time i had this one big enclosure that i was having everything out of all the successes essentially right mm-hmm. um we're coming out of this enclosure that had a bunch of uh, it just had one 24 inch 5.0 um reptus UVB you you know just one of the very first original type of bulbs, and that seemed to work um until i got rid of that enclosure and those fixtures are hard to find They're, they mostly come yeah, the very linear T5s now. They don't really come like the old fluorescent bulbs anymore. The fixtures are extremely hard to find. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up having to not basically figure out new methods and new UV bulbs. And I've been actually at it for a couple of years now, just buying stuff, testing it out, seeing how it lasts. Some stuff, you know, I don't really get to that fast because, you know, there's not a major need for it, but, um, i was using mega rays and things like that it's just they didn't work that great so yeah man just uh just trying to find the right uv without burning my animal's eyes or you can actually burn their skin too by too much uv exposure yeah. and then that area turns black um yeah yeah right. uh, uv burn that's what so- they call it
0: I want people to to understand this and this isn't a knock on right now whether to use or not use UV. It's just if you're going to use it, understand that with certain bulbs like the mega rays, animals are forced to be exposed to UV um, to get warm, okay? Because it's their heat source. So you are, in fact, um, making them choose UV and i'll go ahead and say this for monitors it's not always a good thing if those bulbs are not far enough away then uh you're going to end up with a situation like kai was talking about i've seen it um i've seen young animals die within 12 hours in a setup like that and uh i'm going to get knocked around for this but i attribute that to um oversaturation of uv and um basically they sit on uh, the basking spot especially if it's at an angle They start closing their eyes, real similar to what Kai was saying. They might still be with it for a little bit, and all of a sudden, it's like they just fall off the log, and they are dead. And I've had this in my own experience. Uh, And then I had a guy reach out to me. I found a study on it out of the U.K. that referenced the same thing. This, I think, was done in 2013 um, that kept noticing similar things with overexposure to UV uh and then i had a guy hit me up about tristis um after i shared it with a couple other people we were talking about some different um instances where similar things have happened and then i had a guy hit me up about tristis and basically hey he lost his group of tristis because of the same reason that they all went down the same way um and it was what he determined that overexposure to uv um so understand that it can happen and I guess maybe I, what I should have said is um, when I when I re- said I, I use UV in some cages and with some animals because I like to test things out um, it's always in a position that the animals are never exposed to more than like a one or two uh, at the highest because um, I have a little reader right so I don't put them under there at a four I don't put them under there at a five um, I I make sure that they have like a one, two at the highest with the flavies. It's only on one spot that they can really do that. It's only if they pile up their own dirt by digging somewhere else that they can even get to that. Cause when it's all flat, it's about a one to uh, 1.2. Um, so it's much less than I guess what would be out there recommended because it's always constant, you know, for that daytime period, that's always constant. So I want people to think about if you're going to use something like this, um, Um, Like the the mega rays Make sure that It's at a far enough distance away Where you're not going to oversaturate your animal Almost give them, I would say, keep it at like a 1 Or test it out, watch your animal's behavior because it's always going to be constant, so that when they do, when they are forced to go to that one spot to get heat, they're getting that exposure, but it's not an over-saturation of that, okay? Their bodies are, are able to process it and deal with it. Um, or, like Kai is doing, uh, using the T5s, um, they're usually attached differently. They're not in the same configuration as the basking bulb, so they can actually get away from it. And the way I use the LEDs, they're two separate fixtures, so... They can choose to bask and not necessarily be exposed to that spot of, uh, of UV, especially with the dwarf monitors where the, the smaller, narrow beam makes sense. They can choose to be on that side if they want to and be un- in a spot where they're both getting basking and UV, or they can choose to not be in that spot and not being exposed to UV. So they have these different choices. If you're just giving them one choice and you see these similar things, I would say get rid of that immediately. Because uh, your your animal's probably circling pretty quick. Yeah, it's um, just
1: it's just uh, t- too much UV. They're they're technically not even basking
0: all day in the
1: wild. They're, they're kind of bouncing in and out of the shade, you know, hiding yeah. in crevices and things like that. So twelve to fourteen hours of UV might be might be a little bit much.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. They have no no cover. No. Um, Uh, there's no daytime nighttime cycle. i would say just just daytime cycle because the other thing with uv is that um there's a lot of places where like in the summer you're not actually getting any uv reading outside till about maybe nine o'clock in the morning wherever you're at for example and then it increases through the day until the sun's right overhead at its strongest and then it drops off as the sun's going down again um, because of the way it works through our atmosphere, okay. So even though you can still see the sun, it's sunny outside, mm-hmm. and it might be the middle of uh, summer. If it's seven o'clock, six o'clock in the evening, the sun's going down, you're going to have a very dramatic drop in UV than what you think is is available. Um, yeah. So understand uh, when people see monitors and you read these accounts of people seeing monitors uh especially desert species they're out in the mornings they might be out in the evenings but a lot of times you're going to see them out in the mornings uh when people find them midday they're usually flipping things for them i can't say all of them because you do have a lot that are just like uh wandering around um but they're not stationary necessarily basking in full sun in the middle of the day all right um so i wish right or or the, the sun the UV is not that intense because UV could be a problem. Just the temperature from that could be a problem. I think uh, one of the accounts where uh, Eric and Owen found a monitor is basically overheating. Um, so that that is a thing. You can overheat your animals um, in captivity. What that might look like is just all of a sudden you're hearing like a lot of wrestling around in your cage. That animal's all amped up. It's probably trying to find a way out or it's digging for uh, a cooler layer of substrate or something like that. Pay attention to those sounds in your cage. If you're not used to hearing that and all of a sudden it sounds like your animal's freaking out, pay attention. Go look. Go reevaluate. What's that animal trying to do? Because it could turn into a, um, a bad situation. Or on the, the overexposure to UV side, um, it could be that you're not hearing anything, and that could be bad too. <laughs> Um, uh, but all right, all right, I'm getting off my soapbox. <clears throat> I'm talking too much. Um, but I want, I just want people to understand that. Cause, um, I've, I've seen that happen. Um,
1: yeah, it's a so, def- definitely like a thing where monitors and UV, it's still a little bit unknown. Um, not like, like with chameleons, it's like a, for sure, you know, little, other little lizards. It's a, for sure. Um, bit where the uv is quite beneficial um but man going with the monitors it's a uh, yeah it's still the this topic here a little bit where it's like some people see and do fine without it and some people swear by it you know so yeah. i'm in the middle of both i kind of have seen it and i've utilized it with um basically producing animals without uv um, but then I've also seen it do things where they hang out underneath it and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, uh, yeah, who, who am I to really know? I'm just a guy messing around with some bulbs and losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I, uh, yeah, so.
0: I think it's it'd be cool if you could just set up like a test case for all different reptiles. That I was big that enough. <laughs> I know, I know but that was big enough to actually provide a full-on like basking spot with no uv and then another one that incorporates uv um yeah i can do that in a couple days i guess i could um, yeah but my, then
1: you, you a- mess with your own
0: temps in those cages because you got to figure out how to cool them down too if you're running two two bulbs like that and yeah um, yeah i
1: have <laughs> i uh, luckily that's that's the, the the other side of the enclosure um that's for the female side, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, that's the, that's the tough part with my, me having, when I have to separate the two, right? Um, then all of a sudden the side to support the female or just support the opposite one has to be beyond. And so then I have to kind of like juggle the bulbs a little bit on the male side. He technically gets slightly chillier temps while I have to balance out her side. And yeah. so she's, it's fine. It's because she can handle it she needs that but the male um, he doesn't have to have it, exactly so yeah but, uh, then it's only it's only for the time that she's nesting which is days and then he goes right back to you know being able to go on both sides and things like that and, and might my, my 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 seeing and paying attention to me utilizing the the gate now right um yeah except the this sep- the, the, the partition that's got a little latch door on it right um so i have those in most of my enclosures now just about uh, all of the big ones that i've utilized to breed um has one of those in there and my timing has been pretty good i think just just as far as what i'm reading for animals uh man sometimes though I, you know i used to read Quite wrong and then they'd end up fighting and I'd have to separate them out but lately it's been pretty good on what I'm able to kind of pinpoint is happening Um, and so yeah I'm just really trying to get it where you know I'm not really just guessing (laughs) I am guessing but um, there's a lot more that I'm paying attention to now rather than just being like alright she's fat Let let me put her in um now they're hanging. They got. They gotta be like hanging at the partition, separated enough times. Basically, me witnessing them trying to get to each other. Right, and then that's when I'll I'll hit the latch. Um, this last several months, I've been actually cooling them down during the cooler spring that we technically had, um, where the weather wasn't so hot. And but uh, yeah, just for spring, I technically uh, fed them a whole lot less gave them barely amounts of heat and now they're still gradually going up so they're not technically there yet where they're developing all those follicles because it's really only been a good month or so but give them a couple more months and hopefully i be able to um, get some eggs out of them but I have a couple pairings now of some Kyle and stuff, three all together um, so yeah just uh, working with a little bit more this year and just trying to not kill wizards that's the thing is you know I try but at the same time I know there's a threshold I can't just say you know forget about it or more so just um, forget that the female and the male is there together without you know paying attention taking looks even when nothing's going on maybe everything all the bad stuff happened already which can happen fast it's literally the male biting the female that takes a second they go their separate ways and then you know if you're not paying attention and you think everything is all good that female could be suffering from a bite um that you could tend to with antibiotics from getting infected or wash with iodine because it, it technically needs a flesh wash. um you know things like that i have to you know those those <coughs> those get tiring um I had to do I have to do those quite often just because sometimes my my timing isn't so great you know, and uh, yeah. more so of actually, they, they they just they just started fighting because of food. One got food faster than the other, and, and there yeah. they go you know. So, um, yeah, that's a it's a it's a bummer here because um, yeah, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I technically have to move and do mail rotations right, yeah. so you know uh i'll either lure him to the other side of the enclosure put the partition down and then feed him so they can't get to each other right um some of them are in enclosures where they're they're just together and um they're they're nice enough to not really need the partition um but the male is just so eager to eat right and i just <laughs> I have to pull him out lure him into another enclosure close that up feed him the girl make sure she's done and he can't really sometimes the girls are really shy until I leave the room is when they eat you know yeah you know? so they have to be done and then I put, put him back and yeah it's a it's a whole juggle man and those are those things get tiring when it's you know a dozen lizards that you gotta yeah 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 when I pull out the food everybody's at the glass like feed me feed me feed me you know yep <laughs> Yeah.
0: There's some days, man. I just want to watch some Netflix. I don't want to go mess with. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Stranger Things is out. I want to watch some Stranger Things. I don't want to to play with lizards right now. Uh,
1: (laughs) I don't want to have to uh, separate lizards from freaking lashing onto each other. It's weird, man. Like they'll they'll bite each other and there's no blood, and then sometimes they bite each other and there's so much blood.
0: Yeah. I noticed that sometimes with the uh, with the sand monitors, the way... just depends. Most of the time, there's nothing. Every once in a while, it's like they bite something. It's like, why did you do that for? You know? yeah. They're just chasing each other around for a piece of food. Um, but, yeah, same thing. It's like, you know... So I got a broom right next to their their cage that I whack them in the head with. <laughs> <laughs> or I use as a little separator for the male because he's, you know, visual for whatever. He'll have a mouthful of food, and I throw something to the female... And he's off and running, you know, yeah. and uh, but she, she gives him a good whack in the face. Sometimes she'll tail whip him in the face. Um, but, man, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm still loving messing with the animals, but uh, I think I needed a little break for a little bit. And I kind of yeah, yeah. I kind of just shut stuff off in the middle of the day. You know, I'm like, all right, you guys are done for now. And yeah. um, are you are you are you? Let's see. Is that the right question? Are you feeding heavy right now?
1: Um, not heavy, but a lot more than I was a few months ago. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm basically back yeah. on to every other day, uh, feed. Technically, the females get full, the males yeah. get enough, and uh, really that's it. Um, but it's it's been <coughs> where I'm at the point where I have to remind myself it's it's been a day. You can feed now. You know I'm not feeding a ton every yeah. day, because I that's not really how I feed. Um, I don't really need to feed that much, and um, yeah, so I space it out a good three or four times a week for
0: sure. Yeah,
1: that's where. Because you're
0: you're operating on that that other hemisphere type of schedule, right?
1: Um. Yeah. So I mean, not not really. It's. It's me okay. now trying to work in summer, when before I would never really work in the summer. Um, so I took advantage of, because the during winter time they were breeding a ton, so I had to stop them. I technically was realizing, man, you're like five, six, seven clutches in. I have to stop you, you know. So yeah. I, I have to, I had to end up doing that, and um, <clears throat> uh, really. When it was uh, June is when, from March, April, May, June. Yeah, so during those few months, I just cut everybody off of a lot of food. Only the two bulbs that they had on, I turned it down to one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so then um, I'm really trying to see how it would be this time, this uh, this summer, um, just Just to really – because I normally never breed in the summertime. I normally never have – try not to have too many eggs just because the temperatures are too crazy. You know what I mean? They're just just nuts. So it's more so trying to keep things cool. While I'm keeping things cool, I'm not really trying to breed. So, But now, um, yeah, I've been able to manipulate them. As long as I can trigger their food and appetite, um, most of the females would go into some type of reproductive event once I started feeding them. Um, so that's yeah. technically what I try to do is just control it um, and see how it works. Uh, so far, I'm one clutch in, to only being a month right. in, so it's not it's not really uh, <clears throat> not really bad at all so far. Um, I, I think I have another another female that's gravid. She's not eating a ton, but she's eating, and she's starting to be picky about the size. And her belly is big, and her tail is starting to the Collapse or just looks deflated yeah. a little bit, it's not yet collapsed, it's just starting to look loose, you know. Um, so she can either be at the very beginning or coming on to now, only about two weeks away from it. And so, um, I'll be able to tell when she starts and stops eating, really. Um, and how yeah. she uses and how big she is, yeah. That's uh, and then, 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 of course, I think you've seen me share just the last couple of days of the Kyle and stuff uh, together. Um, I have, I have two pure pairs together right now. So, nice. Uh, that's yeah. That's the other two that I mentioned. One's the cross that I have with the bonded pair, and then the mangroves, the regular Solomon Island mangroves, are uh, what a what it has already produced. Um, yeah. So just uh, yeah, man. Just trying to stay on top of it as as much as I can with trying to not be you know so engulfed in it that's that's the that's the the the, the i don't know the goal right now if you want
0: <laughs> just right. to not
1: yeah not be so burnt out still love it right so i have to like i don't know put draw some kind of line um then i did i've basically been getting rid of all the extra stuff it, i guess reptiles as a as a whole you know what I mean? just like right just the extra stuff so um, as I'm in, like, it's like a numbers game on what I like the most or what's what I want to produce, what I want to put my my all in, essentially, right? And then, you know, having to think about all these other cool stuff that I've been dreaming about having forever, and eventually able to afford it, to only then kind of be like sort of overwhelmed with so many things. So just getting rid of a lot of the extra little stuff that I did in, in extra pairs of, you know, dwarf monitors and things like that. And just, uh, yeah, just keeping what, what I think is a good number for me. Cause I was just trying to add on, add on, you know, as much as I can, more and more Kimberly's yeah. or more babies and just uh, trying to be really just replenish the numbers again. But then I realized, man, like, do I want to have, Five or four breeding pairs of Kimberleys, you know, it's like—I mean, sure, those are great, great, but the amount of the amount of stress that each clutch brings, um, the females <laughs> going into it, yes. out of it, right? That's one set of stresses, and then the whole other stress of dealing with the babies and the eggs, and damn, am I am I going to kill them this yeah. time? And, uh, you know, how am I hatching them? And, not to not not that I've been doing so bad the last couple of years um, it's just now I want to put that energy because there's only so much energy that you have for the, the day and then let's right. say you know you have 20 monitors I mean I just basically drove you the line at 10 and 12 that's it that's all I that's all I really want right now so I got rid of all the extra little stuff um, and just really trying to now focus on the little Kimberly's that I do have left, and then the um, the mangroves. And, then, and that's mm-hmm. that's the coli the, the stuff and the traditional Solomon Island stuff that I have. Um, they're pets, and at the same time, they're projects, you know. Um, I care for them in, in both fashions. It's just uh, – that's the thing. Is like I didn't want to just have them sit around, you know, um, and uh, – right just be novelty pets that i wasn't really given a care about um you know i actually actually do care about these leaders a lot and they're dream animals and so i'm really trying to commit to the project you know so that's why i've had to right. draw a line, draw the line about what all the extra stuff i can have all the random reptiles the, the turtles and tortoises and yeah i just told myself all right i'm gonna have to be smarter about even like I thought I had a, a lot, and I thought I would cut back a lot before, but now it's like, okay, there's so much, you know. You want to expand with grasshoppers, the monitors, the mangrove stuff is going to be taken off if you know you're gonna if you're gonna go this route, and you know it's, it's you get closer and closer because I hatched a coal island, a coal a coles monitor earlier this year, but that ended up dying, and so. Mm-hmm. I'm <coughs> trying to have a better turnout to my year. Um, and so, yeah, I just decided it was, it's that time um, where, where you know, your, your face looks so much and can only pick so much, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah, I hear you completely. Like, there's only certain animals I, I really spend some time interacting with, if I get it, because um, I don't have time to really go around with, with each um, group of animals and um, like the Dorianus, you know what? <laughs> That's
1: a lot I'm just of gonna work, have man. to. Yeah, shit yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess you know partially it's it's favoritism there's a there's a few of the tree monitors that are just super sociable they they like watching me they like being out and uh they'll take food off the tongs they'll crawl up on my hands and uh credit to that species just kind of being that that way because these are all wild caught animals so uh that's actually really impressive uh the kims are super friendly akis are super friendly but they got to determine that you're not food first so that gets interesting sometimes but um once they determine that they can't eat you um they're still pretty curious and fun to mess around with and then I, I absolutely love the sand monitors i interact with them most of the time i go in there i'm interacting with the sand monitors um i'll i'll leave the the door open for the cage they can come out it depends on what i'm doing but they can come out for a little bit um i just like having them around and they know now it's like okay it's time to go back in the cage they still might get a little huffy and kind of you know uh flex up on me a little bit but there's no tail whipping or biting i just grab them by the the tail base and underneath and put them back in the cage um but like the the all the timor monitors the peacocks the similis i the truth is, I don't know if I'll ever get a real good chance to interact with those animals like I want to. I'm hoping with babies, I can bring some of the groups of babies if I ever am so fortunate to catch some out home and then raise them in the house. Um, maybe it'll be different. Um, but, you know, Man, other saw, than that...
1: I saw a picture of uh, Krusty sharing a memory. Man, he shared this picture of a simulus, and it was like... Two huge, long yeah it was huge man i, I didn't yeah. know it that big
0: yeah, i think old. there's i think there's a lot out there i think there's a you know just like i think there's some dwarf argus somewhere which i would love i think there's some really big dwarf monitors in different locations too um yeah it would right. just make sense the with technology. all the variation of of like what you see with what would be considered the indicus family you know yeah yeah um, yeah it's, uh,
1: the lizard was a lot bigger than um, what people are considering adults now, that's for sure. The ones yeah. that, but ones that now are like big they're like sub adults or big juveniles, you know. Um, the one that you yeah. see like, a lot of people post up and stuff. I think yours are technically some like big big juveniles, right? They're not really they're not really big on that size yet
0: they're getting there so two are adults one yeah. is a, a smaller smaller adult but they're all adults by now um but yeah that i mean i can't wait to see what comes I, I wish i could take a trip over there and just see with my own eyes <laughs> that's yeah, what, but, but who knows if i'm even gonna find anything when yeah. i go over there but uh um oh. i know there's so there's a lot of variation i just yeah but yeah you see sometimes some of these old pictures of things like uh I haven't seen a really big Dorianus in a while, but I remember when we first started seeing them, some of these things were massive, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, So I don't know why or why not. Um, I mean, you got different size water. I guess water monitors would be a good um, indication of the variation, you know? They're all considered maybe a water monitor, but you have them from like five to seven feet or somewhere in between there's a lot
1: of the five and five six footers now the celebensis and the the, yeah uh, although yeah all the other ones that are kind of a little bit more meaner though um but yeah um, yeah they're uh they're like the salvavas and things like that um but they only get that four to six feet that's a more manageable size for some people i'd say if they want to work on work on that animal you know um right yeah
0: so and they're awesome i i still think like a like a huge seven foot sulfur is a very impressive animal but man that's a big water monitor <laughs>
1: yeah
0: but uh they they they're just cool i love that i don't even know what to describe their coloration as it's it can be a variation of it's almost like pale green like uh I, I don't know it's the same thing that gets me with Gray's monitors they have a certain coloration scheme you don't see too many yeah. other places so yeah, I really yeah. dig that
1: it's like but, different uh, shades of olives
0: yeah. yeah oh something else I guess I'll share with everybody that um, I found out so I have the incubator at the warehouse right it's a big incubator um, in the winter or I'd say late winter early spring when I was getting clutches of uh dwarf monitors into spring the humidity was really low we're talking like 10 to 15 percent um throughout the day unless it would rain in the winter it would spike for a little bit but uh the humidity here is really low um as the temperatures and so what i did at the time because i started noticing eggs indenting was to put like a moist paper towel on top of the eggs which would fill back out but as a as an experiment I would leave some larger standing bowls of water in there with a good surface area Um, and in the winter the way that the incubator works there's two fans that circulate the air but the fans also can generate their own heat so um, I have to be careful in the winter it's fine because the Heating element will actually turn off, um, and but the fans were still going, and it would control itself just fine. But now, when the ambient temperature inside the warehouse can reach eighty-five degrees, the heating element will turn off, but the fans still operate and will generate heat, and so I'd get some spikes with the with the heat still inside the incubator. So I plug it everything in to the um, the power strip that's controlled by the. Um, thermostat right so now the fans would shut off and they'd only kick on when the heating element would kick on circulate air just a little bit but it seemed to work fine the issue is with those standing bowls of water that i put in there when the temperature increased and the ambient temperature increased and natural humidity inside of the warehouse increased now that i'm at like a 50 percent humidity level inside the warehouse with the swamp cooler running the Uh, inside of the incubator was too humid for the eggs it's almost like they were dry land suffocating so i was getting some some kind of crappy clutch and hatch rates and i I wasn't figuring out why because this was my solution this was my answer in the winter but i didn't realize it was now working against me as the seasons changed so once i pulled those things out of there Um, I've gotten through most of the crappy clutches. um, So I still have clutches that were early enough where they didn't get too affected by that oversaturation. Uh, Now that I've pulled those water bowls out of there for a little while, seems like the eggs look better. They look healthier. I'm still maintaining about a 50% uh, humidity inside of the, just inside of the incubator. The actual individual um, containers might be a little higher uh, just cause the substrate, the water that's mixed into the medium inside the containers. But, um, yeah, I was, I was killing eggs by having them too wet. And with the, the swamp cooler, it adds more humidity in the room. So stupid mistakes, always having to adjust. Um, I should have known this, but yeah. I will for sure next season. And, uh, yeah,
1: that's so, all about, uh, fast, uh, fast footwork, man. Being able to move on your toes with, uh just the imbalance you know yeah yeah. you gotta figure out damn, what the heck's going on with stuff um man I was those, having uh, I was
0: gonna say those, those Govies cause I know you got a couple of the the sensors yeah. man those I should have got those earlier too cause now I can see I just had one in the incubator for a while but now I can see throughout the warehouse and those help keep it within certain ranges a lot but sorry I interrupted there
1: no no you're good man just uh just really trying to stay on top of everything myself. I gotta think about what I gotta do after this. just cause <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, just uh yeah, and the season's kicking back in and I'm technically just lining up, you know, I gotta make sure all the nest bins are good, all the I got oh, new man, yes. I got new nesting bins coming in too for the other cages that just have um just have random females that are you know, just solo females. Um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so no longer using the bin because there's that gap around the back side or the you know, back left hand side or wh- whichever way you're pushed into the corner. But, um, I hate that space, yeah. So, I uh ended up making just you know, or having a friend make some some uh nest bins with proportion size holes that I don't have to cut out, out on the top, you know what I mean? It's actually some decent stuff, and then I can it's got a Port where I can, in the wintertime, shove a heat pad into the side of it if I need to. Um, nice. The top, the, what I had him do before um, were those, you know, those that PVC sleeve with the heat pad that goes on the inside. And um, one of the cons about having that was that soil would end up getting into the inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the, uh, yeah, that, that got annoying. Um, so I took all that out and I just have it, you know, just have it sitting outside. But uh, we, you know, try to design something a little bit different where it still utilizes the heat pad on the side of the bin, um, but they're, you know, it's safer, it's protected, it's less likely gonna get stuff into it. Um, and so yeah, that's where uh, battling ants and dealing with these nest bins and. Dude, I've had ants move into my nest bins, right? No, that's the worst, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, that's where I had designed to get a different nest bins. Not that they're gonna keep ants out, but it's just like I was like, man, I gotta get. It's time for something better, you know. I basically been trying to upgrade and give my animals better things, and yeah, it's really all that's all that's all it's been lately too. Is all right. How can I um, feel like I'm. Staying on top of their necessities and not just having them try to breathe for me, you know what I mean. I just want to right. give them and re- replenish what they've what I've taken, and at the same time was uh, making sure that they're healthy and they got the best stuff. If, if I you know want to have them for long term and stuff like that, so that's why I got the UV just to see if I get better results and and give them uh, give them better lighting. And then at the same time, just uh, yeah, just changing up uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. So, as much as I uh, like have to choose between grasshoppers and monitors every day, um, <laughs> I still, uh, I still make sure I have time to do the the monitor stuff with the, uh, with just just how much there is to do, I can not slack on it. So I choose to, you know, do a few a bit here and there, a bit here and there, just yeah. to stay on top of everything. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's nuts that's the only thing that's really been on my uh my mind lately just to make sure that damn there's a lot to do but i still gotta do it
0: yeah man it's it's kind of like reevaluating huh it's like finding that yeah. uh that motivation again like all right this isn't gonna get done unless i do it yeah. and um it's yeah it seems like you're when you're in those kind of like off seasons right now summer's kind of an off season you can say there's still things going on but um you know, it kind of mentally beats on you too because yeah, people are doing things in the summer.
1: I'm normally, you know, and, not, I'm normally not doing so much. So that's probably why it's also beating on me because I got to avoid the day uh, where I get up early. have to do a bunch of stuff earlier in the day because, man, yeah. once, it's, once it's 12, 1 o'clock, you know, you're not working anywhere at 99 degrees, you know. Right. Uh, and so right. I have to wait, then wait until – four or six o'clock sometimes even a little later than that because it's still pretty hot so let's say seven or eight is when i uh basically bounce back to life you know what i mean and do things do things all until the late night again um yeah so most of my lamps are on at nighttime so there's there's that plus you know the animals aren't sleeping while i'm trying to do the majority of my work i'm actually there while they're awake so Um, Because my inverted day and night cycle, that's what I have. Um, Yeah. They're on on at night time. For those of you guys wondering what kind of lighting setup I have, it's because before I used to adopt this because I'd be at work all day. So then I would never see my monitors when I came home, you know, go to dinner or have dinner and go to sleep, right? You're not really doing a whole lot after a long day. But I adopted this because... I'd be working all day, come home at you know 7 or 8 or whatever you're coming home at. And then basically the monitors have already already had a full day and their lights will be off. So now I uh, – or for the last several years actually. Um, so I can monitor their behavior, technically get a one-up on them. You know what I mean? Uh, be, be out and doing things and um, technically having to sacrifice my sleep though. That's, that's the sucky part. So yeah. Just, uh, sacrificing my sleep, but they're up when I'm home so I can at least peer over there and, you know, and do things. Um, you know, monitors, literally monitors, monitors. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's why I have that, that whole setup. But now I've also adopted it because, you know, the heat. The heat in the daytime, especially in the summertime, man, it's just... I'm actually trying to battle the heat where yeah, I have to I try to keep it cooler so that way they're warm enough or they're hot enough, but not too hot. And so, you know, heat as we talked about heat itself can be a, a quick killer if it's not maintained. So for me to have the lamps on right now or more so of during the normal, you know, photo period of daylight and things like that, um, yeah, i have it on i have it set up set up differently and um yeah it works out fine they they almost can't tell the difference and they just adopt to the lamp they, they that's yeah. it they, they uh figure out when it's going to be on they know they really it's on.
0: do <laughs>
1: and they'll come to it they know so as, yeah uh, some people are, i would love
0: to keep things natural uh i would love to there's like a even a skylight that's unfinished i would have to finish some more in the attic Um, to use it to have the light cycle on naturally but in some like with my setup i'm working against myself to do that uh if i ever get the chance to build a building at at home and i can kind of build it subterranean the way i want to um i can maybe get away with that because it'll stay a little bit cooler to allow that but with captivity restrictions it's hard to you, know, you want to give them a natural cycle. That means you want it hottest when it's the middle of the day. So you want all your lights on. But yeah. that doesn't work out in reality because that's adding extra heat into the building and yeah. you can't do that. You're going to overheat your animals. So you right. got to find ways around it. There would um, be
1: uh, heat lamps that, let's say if you're on a, a temperature controller, it basically be turning off a lot and then actually limiting the amount of time frame that you, you have to bask. So let's yeah. say if you, you are on a on a strict, uh, hour, you know, your, your hours are pretty strict all the time, right? Let's say like some people that aren't strict use 24 seven lighting or only lighting for part of the day. And then that's it, you know? Um, but some people are, you know, they're adamant on all right, 12 hours this time, 14 hours this time. Um, sometimes it's only eight hours on, right? And so these animals have mm-hmm. to, these animals have to bask. Now, not all the time. Is it just going to be a regular, Lamps come on, the lizards come out, and that's it. That's not actually how it always works at all. So sometimes the females, or even the really scared animals, they don't come out at all until you're gone. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. the, 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 the females don't come at all out at all until the male's gone. Um, and I have some that are like that. They basically, um, yeah, they uh, they they can miss hours or miss a day basking if it's interrupted. If they feel mm-hmm. like if it's not safe to go outside or not safe to be out basking, they'll hide. And they'll they'll hide until they die. You know? And um, that's basically why I recommend being able to have sort of you know, a, a somewhat an uninterrupted photo period when you do need to have it, you know, a necessity for bat for breeding or basking or just the normal thing. While your lamps are on in the nighttime, I mean, it's while your lamps are on in the daytime, while it's extremely hot, basically fighting with it, and uh, your your temperature controllers will just shut everything off all the time. Yeah. So yeah, uh, your out your amount of hours decreases, and uh, it can be bad for a female that if she only really needs to bask a couple hours of the day, and she doesn't have that, um, then there there goes that you know that that, that situation
0: yeah you know on that note uh i guess i'll mention um i have those cages that i built the crates right yeah and a few of them um i there was a shortage on doors at ikea that i use for for these doors um that i couldn't get in time and when i was building the cages so i decided that it might make sense to use some of these with only one door on there. So only half of the cage is actually a glass door yeah. that I can see into. Um, but to use it with some of the shyer animals and man, i it, it actually, uh, I think helped out a lot, especially with like the, the, uh, the Timorensis family of, of monitors. Um, for that same reason is it'd be on the the usually i'd set it up on a far side so i'm not they're not actually able to see me or me see them unless i'm purposely got to go into their cage and then their food and water dishes are right at the opening so i can quickly get to them and get back out of there but their basking spot is in the middle but more towards the portion that's covered right um with enough room on that side to also get into a hidden spot where they can they can stay hidden and get cool enough if they want to cool off it's one of the reasons it's towards the middle um but i think for that reason it's it's also helped i wanted to you know in the future put those other doors on there but i think i'm just going to leave them off for some of these wild caught species because it actually allows them the ability to to feel hidden from me or kind of like that that tree hollow mentality they never actually have to see me they can hear me coming and get to a hiding spot We never have to look each other in the eye. Um, And then, you know, I'm starting to notice it's been a while now for some of these species, but, like, the tree monitors have caught on real well. They're pretty friendly. But some of the other ones, um, like the the Dorianus, for example, um, besides the one I got from uh, the the buddy of yours, the the other ones, um, you know, it took them a while from babies to really get up to the point where, I was getting the bluff charges but now they'll they'll start to like sit out and actually watch me for a little bit um we still got about a a six foot distance once i close that six foot gap they're you know off and hiding but uh um it's it's interesting to see and I, i might incorporate that same idea in other future builds where they got a part of the cage that's totally like theirs um i might build an access hole if it's a big enough cage to get into there of course but uh for the purpose that they know that basically if they're on that side of the cage nothing's going to interfere with them you know uh, and unless i actually have to go in there and grab them because they've got a leg falling off or some business like that then um kind of treat them with that that mentality if you're over here guess what you're fair game and it's also your choice if you want to be on this side of the cage to look at me interact with me but if not that's your side of the cage i'm never going to go into there so Um, Just kind of messing with that idea, seeing how they they respond to that type of thing. Yeah. I got to let my my dogs bark in one second. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Come here. What do you do?
0: Little freaking yapper dog. Come here. Come here. You want to come say hi to Kai? This is, uh... This... Started off this was my wife's little little yapper, right? And um, yeah. I swore I would never so for the listeners, this is a little chihuahua. Little tricolored black, white and brown. I always swore I'd never have a little dog. Little dogs were just a waste of space to me. You might as well have a pet rat. And so I uh, inherited this little guy when I met my wife and yeah, I was wrong. He's kind of awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I take back everything I said about them people with the little dogs. I take them on walks with his little harness. I'm that guy now. I'll be in the parking lot letting him go pee in the bushes.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I never thought I'd have I'd have a cat. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I never thought I'd love my cat the way I do. That that like that's right there is like a normal that I have to be a part of every day. Like, I got a chick. Oh uh, yeah. Got chill my cat yeah, i love cats it's, uh, what's crazy is that we talk about monitor but man what are my, the, the things i would do for my cat you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> right absolutely <laughs> uh cat if you get a good cat man cats are awesome uh some of the best pets i've ever had dogs are kind of like you're still yeah. within this world of dogs they're gonna you know from here to here cats have such a wide range of Personality from total demons to like yeah. the best animal come lay on your chest and purr type of put you yeah. to sleep animal.
1: Well, oh man, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my mine uh, is crazy. Like uh, <clears throat> the other day uh, was crazy as uh, I was feeding some uh, fuzzies right to these uh, females. I, I I rarely ever buy them, but I was like, all right, I'm gonna give them something. Uh, You know, something that they like, bite size, that basically uh, will uh, entice them, right? Like, Uh going when I started feeding them again. And um, so I I bought a bunch of like big fuzzies, and man, they're uh, one of them fell out of the bag. I didn't know, right? It was one of those like large fuzzy small hoppers that can kind of get around, you know? Yeah, the wiener types size yeah then uh my cat ended up bringing it to me man like just <laughs> just in her mouth and she just dropped it I was like yo that's fucking tight <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man it's uh that was, that was like the last cutest thing that she did dude
0: uh,
1: yeah then I, then I took that thing and I fed it
0: <laughs> man we got this outdoor cat and it's not necessarily a nice cat but somehow it adopted us and uh what they say about cats like kind of feral cats is true this cat will you'll see it sit there and it it'll just take lizard tails off it doesn't care about the rest of the lizard it'll just catch it by its tail until the rest of the lizard runs off and it'll bring you lizard tails and you're like thanks dude just (laughs) but that being said we live next to the river there's these like big they call them these norwegian rats river rats i mean they're huge rats I haven't seen one of those around the house in a little while because of this cat. So um yeah, yeah it's a killer. Yeah. And
1: I've been, I've been having a deal with SC, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man. So what they say, you know, we get all these uh wildlife regulations and stuff coming down the pipe, but feral cats can do some damage to a population of things. I'm I'm one cat can keep my house next to the river completely free of pests anyways that i don't see them so can you imagine what a group of them do you know uh 20 in a neighborhood good lord um so anyways i I won't go down that topic it might get touchy for some people talking about that whole thing uh man i i with all this time like we've been talking about being short on time honestly i haven't even been able to update myself with what's going on lately as far as reptile laws. i keep seeing posts about them but
1: oh yeah um, uh, there was a gentleman or a couple that hatched out some crop monitors i don't know if we talked about that at all hatched,
0: no i didn't talk about it i just saw the pictures and i like the yeah. pictures because i think yeah, that's yeah. awesome
1: but same but uh, they, uh yeah,
0: hatched, I, they hatched out
1: in a sim and they look man they're so small i didn't think they were that small Coming out, you know. Um,
0: Just an illusion.
1: You know, that's. (laughs) I mean, I've heard about it being done, and, you know, um, there was like toothless reptiles or whatever that was trying to breed them and then ended up um, dismantling their facility, whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, but I guess he got some eggs, but I never saw like the babies out of that at all. And then, um, you know, there's uh, some pictures that you see from, like, Indonesia and, and things like that. Peru, um, I think his name is, they just, they've patched crop monitors in the last yeah. couple of years, right? Um, but to see an American do it or to see a person outside of Indonesia do it, um, I That's think awesome. this, might, this might be the first for me. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I yeah, think it I, might have been done before, but I just don't recall.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure Frank did it um, a couple times with the, the Crocs. I know he did lace, um, but I, I'm almost positive he did Crocs a couple times. Um, but I'd have to I'd have to look back on that. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could say about 90% sure he did. Yeah, so that's, you know, and
1: that, that's probably a good, what, almost two decades ago, right?
0: So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's been a while for sure.
1: It's uh, been pretty good with um, – that's probably why I don't recall it because I like, I don't remember that time. You know, it's like <laughs> so long ago. If I'm thirty, dude, I was ten. So it's like, what do you? Yeah. What did you know then? You know, it's like, it's like right. Um, but looking at looking at that man, it's like every year we add more and more to the game in America. Um, mm-hmm. in the states on on advancing how we do things um, here with reading and, you know, new morphs or even now monitors, before it wasn't so many morphs, but now it's, there's actually, oh, yeah. actually morphs of, you know, wanting to make snows and knowing two positive, two negative monitors. And, you know, before, you know, what we had was like a guru line. And, you know, that's, uh that's really... That was really it, you know. Um, right. Until we started proving like that, the sulfur is actually you can be hemp for sulfur. So that's
0: crazy. Yeah.
1: Uh, right, and so they can make your own sulfurs, and then they're just a vivitatis that's got this you know other color tone on it, and really you can produce it with other vivitatis to make heads. Um, yeah, things like that. So I think that's how it goes. Um, but, um. Yeah, man, it's crazy to see how much is elevated in, in the monitor game um, yeah. every every year. There's something that's better introduced to the hobby, to the whole, you know, culture of trying to get all these hard species to produce. Because you know, are um, you know, looking at it, it's not, it's a thing that's talked about, but we won't take seriously until they're gone, until we can't get them in anymore, yeah. or um, like if you see in Florida, there things like these are being deemed technically, um, you know, nuisance animals, or we shouldn't have the pet trade. So, shoot, come come down the line if they consider a clock monitor to be like a komodo dragon, where it's like completely illegal to have, you know. If, right. Really, I really mean, not not to not to know bring that upon the crop monitor because that would would really suck if no one can buy them anymore but man they're a beast they got crazy teeth they get big why aren't they already so it's like if there was bad light or bad uh, you know news behind this lizard they could basically be taken from us where you're gonna have to do some type of zoo facility to own one of these or yeah or yeah you know things like that so
0: we're pretty lucky out here in california honestly yeah. with uh with our reptile laws um so far now that could change quickly i know but right now we're actually a pretty decent state unless you like to keep uh venomous reptiles there's quite a few regulations against that kind of stuff right. i wish we could keep hila monsters um but i mean we keep beaded uh there are ways around things uh, legally to, to do things but um You know we're we're pretty good so far so uh hopefully it stays that way hopefully florida is uh unique to florida just because of uh their own habitat and and whatnot and i mean uh things reproduce out in florida i can't wait to go on a florida trip uh take me on a on a little swamp boat and let me uh see what's out out there Oh, man. Birds, you know, yeah. <laughs> veils in the trees, uh, you know, to see a Burmese Python doing its thing. I mean, this is me. I would get excited about seeing that kind of stuff to see like, uh, see iguanas right. and a Nile we monitor
1: could, or freaking alligator lizards at yeah. So it's kind of cool to see a, a three foot lizard and you didn't have to go to Mexico to go see it, you
0: know? Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, let's just, it, it kind of is what it is now you'll see the tegus out there um to me that's kind of awesome in its own right um of course there's there's protecting the natural uh uh animals and foliage that's out there the natural what do they call it biodiversity um but you're also seeing i I guess you could argue a step in what kind of could be seen as evolution even if it's influenced by man bringing things over i gotta imagine it's not the first time in history that we've done this we just didn't we're able to document it you know I, i could imagine that some of these ships back in the past that people were just bringing over these novelty type of things or bringing them back from other places that were visited um you know similar things happened and uh it just became part of whatever was going on there and so things we might now say hey that's natural to this area maybe they never were natural to that area you know i, I can think of a couple examples uh of that already but um um you know quick quick little story on that there was a um down in big bear uh there's the lake right it was initially meant to be these different lakes for um sport fishing basically and so they brought over these trout from i believe ireland and they had a some type of other thing in their gills some other type of life form i forget what it was to be honest but anyways (laughs) so years later this professor finds this same type of thing over here in big bear and he gets it somehow protected because oh the only other place in the world where these occur is ireland i'm probably messing up this story but um no that's just where the the initial fish were brought in from for this whole sport fishing thing that it never turned into and got it protected over here i guess i just bring that up because you know i can't imagine how many other times it's happened in in history where things have just come over they've been on a uh, a boat they've been on a nowadays an airplane up in the landing gear or, or something along those lines you know you have um so you had ships full of potatoes because they lasted on a long voyage on that ship you had rats what eats rats you know <laughs> you yeah. got something else hiding in a in a box somewhere and as we know with a lot of snakes they can stay at what we would think was um um cold temperatures but you know for for months and be fine and now they get brought onto some other non-native area and take off i don't know maybe i'm just spitballing here and talking out my butt but
1: that's part of, that's, that's somewhat how how um invasions happen uh, yeah. you know not uh, not all of it is all by the pet trade it's like um let's say okay when i was younger um and I had like the, I had a, I had a pet store in Sunnyvale, right? And um, basically, we would uh, get this um this root wood, right? And mm-hmm. um, we we'd get it shipped into the warehouse, and then when we unloaded the warehouse, though, there'd be tons of tons of spiders and geckos and things like that that were living in there from the trip from Asia or wherever they came from. And so they came mm-hmm. over, you know, and we. We'd be unloading these things and then, um, you know, it's like those geckos and all that stuff like that is basically now in the warehouse. Then they can, you know, easily go yeah. outside with the doors open and then, you know, then they populate on their own or establish on their own if they can basically adapt to what's around. You know? um, man, if they yeah. survived in the shipping container, they could probably survive with a, a bunch of
0: little stuff. Yeah, so. Yeah. There's truth to it, so we got to be responsible. We got to be careful with some stuff. But you're absolutely right, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there,
1: there was another uh, from- a, a recent customer. Uh, she she bought fish from some San, South Carolina, and there was uh, lizards that were in her bo- in her thing. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> yeah. She messaged me, said, like, "Did you send me lizards?" Like, no. <laughs>
0: Not yeah. for free <laughs> um, Yeah we're going way out This is the monitor keeping podcast people we're just <laughs> Yeah start. we're
1: just catching <laughs> back up You know we haven't
0: had yeah. fun And random stuff in a while And we're about
1: to be done with this in a bit
0: anyways so. Yeah so you guys know I haven't talked to Kai in like two three weeks Like an actual conversation So um, you're, you're getting to hear some of the crazy stuff That comes out of our mouth um, There's the cat yeah, Hey Bella She just woke up Oh, I'm just
1: trying to get her to, trying to she's, get her to knock me out.
0: She slept so long last night; she had to take a nap today. Yeah, na- <laughs> <laughs> so you talking she shit? <laughs> he
1: does this. Uh, he does this zoomies at nighttime, man. Isn't
0: that the best and worst at the same?
1: Yeah, it's like
0: it's crazy when you see a cat run around until you hear stuff start knocking over and oh, flying no, all over the place,
1: knocking stuff over. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, she's my cat. One time, girl, we're at a gas station, and she was underneath the chair, and I thought somebody stole my cat, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I like, that's where I started asking people, like, you know, did you take my cat? <laughs> that was crazy. That was terrific. <laughs> oh,
0: crazy. And then I go back to the
1: car, and she's under there.
0: Uh, yeah. All right, man, we're about an hour and a half. You want to cut it here? yeah yeah we're good
1: we're good we're just catching up with the world and getting back into it we were supposed to record last week but honestly just my voice wasn't really feeling it and yeah i really i wasn't i was basically doing stuff for the room and the grasshoppers and monitors and just basically going back to knock out you know so
0: yeah
1: yeah now now i feel bad feel back to normal and we'll be able to get uh crank some more episodes you got a couple weeks off you said right
0: yep Yeah. Yep. So, so we can I'll hit you up we'll crank a couple out and uh, yeah. see if there's a I know that we've talked about a couple of people to, to come back on we can reach back out see what they're up to um, what else is going on that just monitor stuff you, you mentioned the Croc monitors uh, didn't um, there was another clutch of Rudy's wasn't there um,
1: oh yeah um, the,
0: uh,
1: Robert Fox that's yeah, it he, uh, Yeah. He had uh, some cellophanes uh, also laid too, but uh, That's yeah, right. so I guess uh, he uh, he is he's currently moving. He just finished moving, and so he dug this. Oh, I Rudy, think I caught
0: that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, he dug this Rudy clutch up. I think they've been in. The, they look They don't look brand new because they, are <clears throat> you know, when they're brand new, they're really oval. But then when they've been they've been around yeah. for a month or two, they start to fall out in the out. center. Yeah, that, that's what they're at yeah. right now so I'd say a good month or two so yeah man that's, that's actually really awesome. good yeah, really, good. yeah awesome. really really good for uh, Rudy keepers out there it's not gonna lie that those are yeah. uh, it's not that they're underrated they're actually pretty highly rated but it's just no one is really doing all that with them you know not a lot of people at all so it's great great all news. Right.
0: And uh, I know uh, Claire that we had on early on, I think she lost her oh, yeah. her animal. So, you know, just condolences for that. Um, uh, it was obvious uh, just seeing your post about what you were doing, your plans for everything, how much you cared. So, um, yeah. you know, it's never fun losing an animal. So um, and then other – shoot. I would almost have to catch up on more news to give you. So you guys reach out to me, fill me back in. If you got something cool going on, um, hit me up. Sorry. Life's been so busy. Um, but you know, still over here plugging away with the animals. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess, I guess Kai, where are people going to find you?
1: Uh, I'm a little bit all over. Um, you should be able to find me mostly on Facebook. Um, uh, under Kai Fan, I'm also on Instagram under Big Underscore Lizard 103. Um, you can find me on YouTube under Mangrove Mecca. Man, I'm a little bit everywhere. California Grasshopper, if you ever look that up, um, and then you can also find me on the uh, Monitor Keeping Podcasts underneath the uh, the Morelia Python Network.
0: Yep. All right, guys, and same uh, for me. You can find me on Instagram at Origins Underscore Reptile uh and on facebook at origins reptile um as always we are brought to you by the morelia python radio uh network uh we're the monitor keeping podcast but go onto their website you can just google it uh they have a list of different shows They eric keeps adding more and more and more um so there's now like a boa podcast and all kinds of crazy stuff so whatever you are into you can now listen to pretty much weekly bi-weekly or whatever shows on that species and you can get your head floating with all the different ideas and so much history about what people are doing who's tried what Uh, as we all do it's like one reptile your corn snake's going to lead to your boa going to lead to your python going to lead to your monitor then back to the corn snake so jump in with both feet um you know have fun with it there's a lot of information out there all brought to you um by not only the Merlin Python Radio Network but there's some other good people out there uh that are doing some really cool stuff um a lot of other podcasts so it's great that we even have this all available to us to interact like this uh we, we're not waiting for the next reptile magazine to come out anymore uh, you know with limited articles you can almost ask live questions <laughs> oh yeah I wish I still had a few of them to be honest um yeah. Few of my favorite, uh, um, you know, articles in there. So, all right. uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Kyle, I will end it here.